And welcome to the Sports Desk on your Friday evening. It is a massive Friday ahead, um, an especially wet one if you're out and about in Melbourne. It's just the rain has been turned on this weekend. <laughs> oh boy. Um, how are we feel about the weather? It was so nice last weekend, and now, now we've headed into a storm just as spring comes around. Yeah, I hope it doesn't rain for the Saints game, that's for sure. Oh, I got soaked last night selling footy records, so I didn't have much fun out there. Oh, no. At least you got a you got a live view of the great ground, the oh, actually, MCG yeah, for I'm incredible qualifier. I got to watch most of the game afterwards, so exceptional game. We'll touch on it later. Jerry in, in the studio, Liam Cole in here. My name is Jason Evans. Our great and glorious leader, Sam Menhennet, is here. It is getting a lot. There's a lot of tension in the studio as we, for the first time in a very long time, the Sports Desk team have got teams that are in the finals, and uh, we're going to be breaking down the qualifying final last night. We'll be previewing ahead, and we've also got some VFL and AFLW breaking down, but. Of course, the news headlines to kick us off. Yes, we'll go straight into it. Uh, and straight off the back, Hawthorne Football Club have announced that Chad Wingard has signed a one-year contract extension uh, just coming off the back of a, an injury late in the season. Um, but I, I think he's been good for them since he's moved over from Port Adelaide, travelling towards the end of his career. Um, but uh, we'll stay around for one year longer for the Hawthorne Hawks. Um, massive news here, though, in uh, the world of football, the round ball game, I should say. The Adelaide United, Craig Goodwin, the famous Socceroo, uh, is set to leave the club for Saudi Arabia. The unnamed Saudi Arabia club uh, is set to pay a an $800,000 transfer fee for Goodwin and wages of approximately $2.5 million per year. Sources have also indicated that Goodwin was not keen on leaving United, but a recent request for a three-year extension on his current deal, uh, which is still years to run, was reportedly rejected by the club. This will not be the first time the left-winger has moved to Saudi Arabia, having previously played at Al-Wahida FC and uh, Baha Football Club. So, very, very interesting, even the effects of the Saudi Arabian League affecting our yeah. shores and losing one of our Socceroos in our local competition, which is, I think is really disappointing. Unnamed club as well. That's quite strange. Yeah. I th- if you're going to buy him and spend that much, why mm. would you not say who you are? I, d- I don't understand that. Might be playing with Ronaldo. Who knows? <laughs> that could be interesting. We'll have to wait on that. I, I just think it's... Uh, and, I mean, we again, this comes to the argument. With this increase, we can't compete with these external leagues with mm. the the massive money. And um, it's it's a shame that... Because uh, he's been really good for Adelaide. Um, so I think the fans are going to be upset with that one. But good luck to him. Uh, I mean, if you're in his boots as well, it's hard to turn down two and a half million per year. Mm. Um, especially when... Probably is not getting that many offers in in Europe per se. With mm. the tighter budgets and things like that, um, these external offers, like like when Aaron Moy went to China and things for an Australian player, that's that's pretty good. So uh, good luck to him. Um, any news from you? Yeah, there's a few. So we'll start off with US Open semis. Um, aside from hitting the ball. All oil protesters um, delayed the Coco Goff and Carolina Mukova game. So it was a US Open semi-women's. Um, 
There was a 50-minute delay before the game. Absolute disgrace. This has happened multiple times in tennis with oil protesting at Wimbledon, Oz Open, even French Open. Bashes. So all four slams. It's just disgraceful, man. Like, we know climate change is a huge issue. Yep. And I'm a supporter of, you know, stopping climate change. But you can't be doing that. And it definitely interrupted Mukova's game. She was off her... Um, sliced backhand and Goff ultimately won in straight sets. So they glued themselves to a seat as well. Oh, so no. police had to <laughs> take him out, get the like anti, I don't know how to. The good old super glue. Yeah, ha- I don't know how to get <laughs> off super glue. Anyway, um, <laughs> next headline is um, the semis will be tomorrow. So we might preview that a bit later on. Yep. But um, Medic Minus, so who's a medical substitute for concussion, hits Australia to their first win over South Africa, of a third win, sorry, 3-0 sweep in the ODI series. He made 80 not out off 93 bowls, 8 fours. Ashton Agar in the lower order chipped in with a career-best 48 not out in ODIs. So they chased down 222 by South Africa, um, posting 7 for 225. Any thoughts quickly, Liam? It was the 112-run partnership with Agar and Manus. As you said, that really won them the game. They were 7 for 113, chasing 225. Oh, right. So yeah. they were in real strife on a difficult wicket. Uh, you know, Cam Green got concussed with a really good short ball from Kagiso Rabada. You know, they've got great talent, South Africa, but haven't been able to perform in World Cup, so it should be interesting how they go. But, I mean, the real questions around the selection of David Warner got out second ball, chopping mm. on... I don't think he's in the best um, 11 anymore. I think Mitch Marsh and Travis Head should probably open the batting. You know, you can't have players that are just so out of touch coming into the October World Cup. So He shouldn't play in that World Cup, in my opinion. Where's the upcoming World Cup? It's in India, coming early October. Well, look forward to that. So any other close uh, one-day internationals before... This or coming up? It's a five ODI series, yep. so that was the first. There's a four more to come in South okay. Africa. All right. Very, very interesting. Uh, the Rugby World Cup, uh, the Wallabies are in Pool C. Um, they are ranked ninth, and they are in the group with Georgia, who are ranked 11th, Fiji 7th, Wales 10th, and Portugal 16th that we played at the Stade de France in Paris. <laughs> Which uh, I'm pretty sure is PSG's ground from memory. Yeah, it is. Um, so the Wallabies will be tearing up for the PSG players. Um, so that will kick off um, in a couple of uh, Sunday, September 10th. Uh, so this weekend, uh, look out for that. Australia's Tim Zhu uh, has two states and three NRL stadiums fighting for the right to host his WBO world title blockbuster against. Brian Mendoza. The October 15 showdown will be his last appearance down under before heading off to chase mega fights around the world. The pushes to host the event um, is a now fight in three with Sydney, Gold Coast and Newcastle all in the running while both the uh, New South Wales and Queensland governments are expected to submit their final offers to promote No Limit as soon as early as next week. Uh, before that, so massive. Uh, he's had a few, couple of big fights in recent years uh, down here. So last chance to get to see him here before he heads to. Uh, well, he's currently in Vegas now, training for his next fight, uh, which will be interesting. Are uh, the first week of NRL finals this this weekend as well? The qualifying final between the Brisbane Broncos and Melbourne Storm is tonight, seven fifty from Southern Corp Stadium. Saturday it'll be a qualifying final between Penrith Panthers. The New Zealand Warriors at Blue Bet Stadium. 
Saturday is 7.50, and it's the Cronulla Sharks and the Sydney Roosters at Points Bet Stadium in elimination final. And then on Sunday at McDonald Jones Stadium in another elimination, it's Newcastle Knights and Canberra Raiders. Uh, Liam, have you kept any eye on the storm up into the finals? Have Um, you secured a top four spot? They've been okay. I think the Panthers, though, are probably favourites. I think they played very well. They play very well at home. Cleary, one of the best players in the competition, leading the charge there. Um, yeah, um, Storm are always in it, aren't they? So Every year. Good luck to them. And, Jerry, just lastly, the Basketball World Cup. Who's heating up in that Who's at the moment? Who's heating up? Well, definitely not Australia, unfortunately. No. But the semis are happening in the next few days. Um so we're down to four, as we know. So we've got the US left remaining, Canada, Germany, and Serbia. So Slovenia got knocked out by Canada. Germany just survived against Latvia, and US um, smoked Italy. So it should be an interesting affair. So US have got Germany um, tonight, actually, 10.40 p.m., and Serbia have got Canada from 6.45 p.m. So whoever wins those clashes will um, face off in the final. My prediction is Canada to go through in Serbia because we've got Gilgis Alexander and also RJ Barrett killing it. And also US should progress against Germany because Schroeder's been poor um, in that Latvia game, only having nine points, and Mikhail Bridges on fire with 20-plus. So, Who are we at the sports desk going to uh, cheer on and uh, latch ourselves to the bandwagon to? Um, well, we don't want the US winning everything. I think maybe Canada. No, Canada, then, hey? yeah. Let's go. Let's go, Canada. <laughs> All right, but Canada, hey. Uh, more <laughs> sports desk ahead. We've got some Premier League uh, EPL. The Socceroos are playing a friendly this weekend. We'll talk about that next, as well as the AFLW, the VFL finals, and then a massive dissection of last night's. Uh, first qualifying final in the AFL, and then a breakdown of the rest of the games that are going to be coming up this weekend. And that's all coming up next on the Sports Desk Sin on your Friday evening. Sports Desk Sin on your Friday evening. And of course, uh, Blue Juice there with a broken leg. I felt like I've had a broken leg with my injury in the last couple of days, so that got stuck in my head. But a big show ahead, of course. AFL Finals preview still to come. Uh, But right now, we're going to get into uh, some EPL and the Premier League. Oh, that's the wrong button. He's too excited already, man. What do we got? Uh, Can't help the the nerves. Hey, again, we've got an a cappella version at the ready. It's all good. What's happening in the EPL? There we go. Match day five of 38, and that kicks off early time still before the daylight savings comes in. So um, enjoy them while they last. But it's Wolves and Liverpool from 9.30 on Saturday. Fulham and Luton Town play Sunday at midnight, as well as Tottenham and Sheffield United. West Ham and Man City, the same time. Man United and Brighton. Um, at the same time as well. Aston Villa and Crystal Palace from midnight as well. Uh, and then Sunday, 2.30am, it's Newcastle and Brentford. Uh, Bournemouth and Chelsea from 11pm on Sunday night. And Monday morning, Everton and Arsenal. Nottingham Forest and Burnley Tuesday at 4.45. Probably the worst time of the lot. But what some of those standout games um, for you, Jerry? Um, maybe have a look at West Ham and Man City because obviously if Hammers are at home, City away, could be an interesting um, close battle there. 
I love watching Tottenham right now. Um, obviously, Ange has got them rolling, so watch that. That could be a big win for Tottenham, get some more points and goal difference. Um, United and Brighton will be a definitely good game to watch. Obviously, what's that striker's name? Ferguson. Yeah, 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 him against United. He could do some damage there, so those two games, watch out for. Yeah, Brighton have had a really good start. They're just sitting six on the table at the minute, and... Uh, uh, Manchester United not a great start at all. Um, have only won two games. Uh, they are now down to eleventh oh. on the table uh, early on, and um, yes, yeah, going to be very very interesting for them. And Brighton, Brighton have looked good. Uh, and as you mentioned with West Ham and uh, Man City, uh, West Ham have had a really good start as well. Um, they're up to uh, fourth on the ladder currently. No losses so far in all their games. Um, um, and then, of course, we, we've talked about Ange and Tottenham. They're, they're just on a roll. Mm. Um, all Tottenham fans that I've heard uh, and seen articles about, they're just really happy and really excited. No, it's a change for, for the happy football happy club. Yeah. Really positive for them. So uh, I just can't wait to see the resurgence uh, of them come up as well. Uh, Aston Villa, pr- probably oh, not a great game last weekend for them, so they'll probably want to bounce back against Crystal Palace. Uh, that'll be interesting. Chelsea continuing their horror start. Can they give something against Bournemouth? <laughs> just like because last they're year. just oh, you you think they they'd come back out of nowhere this mm. year? You you think there'd be some kind of change, but it just hasn't looked like they're any different. I think the word is they're just capitulating very early on. Like I don't know if that's a word, but it's a word to describe Chelsea's performance over the past few years. So they need to pull something out because it's already week five. You can't be dropping easy games like Bournemouth. They're not a top 10 side, in my opinion, at all. Yeah, no, definitely not. So if they don't show up there, and and then I think there's business issues as well. They still don't have a sponsor on their shirt or anything yet. They're still splashing cash, though. They got Casido, $120 for a Brighton player. Um, yeah, they've got no standards, got no culture, really. Yeah. They just it's chop all about and change. what happens inside the dressing exactly. rooms, not outside. Of course, yeah. yep. Uh, Arsenal had a, a massive, uh, uplifting win against uh, Manchester United on the weekend, um, and then they face Everton this weekend, who are probably looking to have a much better season mm. than last year, hanging by dear life. But they're sitting in the relegation zone uh, as of yet, so it's, but still early. So we'll look at the rest of the table. So Man City top, Tottenham second, Liverpool third, West Ham fourth, Arsenal fifth, Brighton sixth, Crystal Palace seventh, Brentford eighth, Forest ninth, Aston Villa tenth, and then Man United, Chelsea, Fulham, Newcastle, Wolves, Bournemouth, Sheffield, Everton, Luton Town. And Burnley. I need to watch. I still haven't watched Luton play a home game uh, at their their new stadium yet. I Ooh. know they played one or there or two ready, but um, will they win a game this season? Let's be honest, guys. They, they should. Like the bottom teams are like close to their echelon, so it could be a chance. They play at a pub. I'm, I'm <laughs> <not>. <laughs> You've got. They are, I think their transfer squad budget is around thirty million, and you're playing against teams who have. Squad budget budgets of five hundred million. Oh, it's a bit unfair. I want a chicken though. <laughs> oh wow, he's got it. <laughs> it's not all about that though, because you yeah. saw when Leicester won the Premier League in yes, twenty sixteen. Exactly. They didn't have much money, but they know, had that was, all heart. Like that was now, special. Now, yeah, it's funny you mentioned twenty sixteen. That was the year for underdogs, the Bulldogs as well. So well, there must have been something mm, magic something, in the air that yeah. year. Oh, yeah. gee, don't upset the Sydney fans uh, again with that one. I hope there's something special about twenty three, but twenty three. <laughs> oh no, nah, missing. Nah, get it out. Come on, get it out. <laughs> 
<laughs> if his um, backfires again, then uh, props to Sam and the Blues, but no, nah, yeah. not happening. All right, so that's the Premier League. Look forward to that this weekend. Um, and then now we're going to be talking about uh, the VFL finals. And a precursor to later in the show, Jerry just said something very, uh, very uh, controversial. That's all still to come as well. Ooh, we'll hear that. Uh, so, yes, VFL finals, the semi-finals kick off on Saturday. The Box Hill Hawks take on Footscray at 11.30am at Box Hill City Oval. Uh, Brisbane will play Williamstown, 1.15 at Brighton Homes Arena um, up on the Gold Coast. Um, so, interesting. And then there's another week ahead before the two teams um, in the prelim spots already are Werribee um, and who's the other one? Collingwood uh, sitting in the prelim spots already. Um, so that'll be interesting. And then AFLW hit, hits its second round this weekend. A massive, exciting first start to their uh, season. Um, and the first game that kicks off for that tonight is uh, Richmond and the Adelaide Crows, which is actually underway. Uh, Richmond are currently leading by two goals to one goal one. Um, How deep in the game? Uh, first early. quarter, early, early on. Uh, Gold Coast play the West Coast, uh, 11.05 tomorrow a.m. Port Adelaide play Brisbane, 1.05 tomorrow. Sydney play Geelong, 1.05. Uh, Collingwood and Fremantle the same time. Uh, Western Bulldogs and Hawthorne the same again. Um, on Sunday now, so, oh, apologies, <laughs> these are the games for Sunday. Uh, North Melbourne and Carlton, Jerry, 3.05pm, Arden Street. Yeah, well, I want to head down there. I'm telling Sam to go because it will be a very interesting. We could probably get a live grab, hopefully, with Emma <laughs> Carney, actually. She's a friend of the show now, officially or unofficially. But um, it's a very important one because it's a um, mini super clash, just like yes. we did earlier on. So it's a good Friday um, or good Sunday clash with um, the North Women's and Carlton. So this is a very special cause. We'll just quickly preview this because um, Bella Eddy, so she's North Melbourne's winger. She's my second favourite player behind Emma Carney, obviously. Um, she was a patient at the Royal Children's Hospital for 10 years. So um, she suffered from Crohn's disease, which is a type of inflammatory bowel disease. Um, and according to Mayo Clinic, it greatly impacts an individual lots of swelling and yeah so Bella overcame that and she's now one of the best um players under 20 under 22 in the AFLW so um watch out for her and also yeah it's a special cause and you know Royal Children's Hospital helped me and my family and it means so much that's why I want to you know show my face there as well so very important uh Western Bulldogs take on Hawthorne 105 Sunday as well uh, Essendon and St Kilda Sunday ten, uh, sorry Sunday the tenth of September. Yep, three o five p.m. and then the GWS Giants and Melbourne finish off the round at five o five. A few other standouts there. Uh, Sydney after their first win uh, take on Geelong, who just had a massive walloping over the Bulldogs in the first game. Uh, but that, that that massive goal from Chloe Malloy yep. has just moved over from Collingwood. They look pretty good as well. Uh, any standouts for you, Liam? Uh, for the Melbourne game, I'm really impressed with Elisa Bannon, number 16 for Melbourne. Great mark overhead, getting three goals and 17 disposals against Collingwood last week. So watch out for her, definitely. And I think the Tigers, they've started well um, today against the Crows. Watch out for them for a, to be a premiership smoky. Where's this being played, the Richmond one? Is that Swinburne Oval? Swinburne uh, Oval yep. it is. Yep. All right. Well, keep an eye out for that. 
Uh, massive, massive finals preview ahead. We'll take a look at last night's game uh, between Collingwood and Melbourne, the first qualifying final next, and then the rest of the games, including this big Friday night clash. Uh, the nerves are really hitting me big, now. It's otherworldly, Sam. How's a horror? Oh, it's, it's definitely going to increase. It, it, it's, I've just waited to talk about it, and now it's going to hit now. Uh, oh. and this is where the big calls are going to start what about coming, Liam, so stick with us. This is your first no, time. He's boiling. I'm fine. Yeah, Liam's a bit subdued in the studio. You think externally he's cool, yeah. calm, and but I think the uh, the, the blood pressure's gone yeah. up quite a bit. Uh, yeah. If this is your first time tuning into the sports test, you've picked the perfect show to check us out because uh, it's going to get feisty in this next uh, breakdown. Well, let's jump into the finals where they left off last year uh, with Robbie Williams. Let me entertain you because it's going to be a big weekend. That's all coming up next on the sports desk on Sin on your Friday evening. Oh, massive game tonight. Friday night footy, finals footy. Carlton hosts the Sydney Swans at the MC Bloody G. Oh, oh this is an amazing feeling. Uh, I haven't been to a final since 2011, and uh, it's going to be that long. Blues haven't played in 10 years. But we must talk about first Collingwood and Melbourne last night, a fiery first crack at footy finals in the qualifying final. And, of course, it was Collingwood in the end in a wet game at a full MCG. Ponchos galore. Great atmosphere. Jerry, before we get into the game, uh, you were one of us who were actually there. What was the atmosphere like at the ground last night? Oh, it was incredible, mate. So, obviously, before the game, you know, everyone's nervous. Running, well, they weren't running, but once the rain hit, everyone was running for a seat inside the MCG. So, it was incredible selling footy records there. And then afterwards, to be able to experience the atmosphere, 92,000 there was. Wow. Um, I was just in awe of that atmosphere, even though my team's obviously not playing. So, yeah, until the final siren, who knew who won? Like, yep. Did you have to block your ears? It was that loud? Pretty much, yeah. I couldn't hear anything at some stages. So, And, and that might have been... And I'm not just joking around. You probably haven't experienced that many big crowds oh. in North Melbourne. I hate to do the dig there, but oh, well, no, I, no, I mean in didn't. general, like neutral, neutral wise. Well, how I many games been... have you been to over ninety thousand? I was actually at the Bulldogs Sydney Grand Final. That I yep. think was on the oh, verge wow, of ninety thousand. Yeah, that wow. was an incredible experience. One of the best Grand Finals. Okay, so it was Collingwood by seven points in the end, nine six sixty to seven eleven fifty three. Uh, Melbourne, there was a late charge from the D's, but too many mistakes early on cost them. Uh, but how did we see Collingwood first up? Well, I mean, you often hear people say your weaknesses get exposed in finals, and that's what happened with Melbourne's forward line. I mean, Tom McDonald looked like a guy who hadn't played AFL in three months, mm. and that's, that was the case. Van Royen looks like he will get suspended on a hit, hit on McStay. Um, so... They weren't tough enough, really. Plus 10 in con- contested possession for Collingwood in the first quarter. So guys like Mason Cox and Taylor Adams just really set the tone. Yep. Despite those differences uh, in the fourth quarter for Melbourne, you could see the inside 50 differential is insane. Mm. So there's also just that miss, mix of missed opportunities too. 69 and 37, so it was huge. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to talk up, but we, we spoke up about on Monday, Bailey Fritch, and he had some horrors in front of goal. Got a couple, but when it counted, yeah, on the full, the full but yeah. that was like, a bad miss. Like we said throughout a lot of the year, the forward line was unstable, and Melksham, who we had in the little opener there, uh, a big loss for Melbourne. They 
ACL. really could have used him last night. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was it was a very good charge back when the pressure was on. Uh, I think the game dried up after half time. That helped get some flow into the game again. But uh, yeah, too too costly. Um, but Collingwood's defence prop to them. But I will be honest here, and I would say that both teams probably weren't playing at their best last night. This game was defined by defence, and Collingwood pulled it off a little bit better. I also wanted to draw attention to this because I was observing uh, during the call that they were advocating for Melbourne to play a bit more of the chaos ball. Yep. Fourth quarter, they were implementing that to a, to a certain extent, and you saw it felt very dicey, and it became their undoing because Bailey Fritch took one, uh, took a mark pretty close to goal, and he ended up playing on just dribbling it through. But then they tried it again where he got a free kick and Ed Langdon, uh, it was played to advantage and Ed Langdon missed. And then the, the, the aforementioned kick on the full. It sounded like the chaos ball for me, I think, became their undoing. And Collingwood defined that second half with their defence. Isaac Quayner was just yep. probably the Massive. MVP of that second half the, just due to his intercept marking alone. Yeah, that, that standout just pops in my mind. That, that was where the game was over when he took that back with the flight mark. As he's done all um, Really good. Really good. I Isaac did Crayon. audibly pop when Kate Chandler beat him in a one-on-one contest earlier in the game. However, his, uh, his class just proved dividends for Collingwood. Uh, a few stats here. So disposals-wise, uh, leading, leading the charge was Clayton Oliver uh, with 31, Christian Petrarca with 29, 27 for Gorn, uh, Crisp 23, Sidebottom 22. Goals-wise, uh, Brad Hill, three goals, one. Bailey Fritch, Bobby two Brad, goals. Sorry. sorry. Wow, I cannot believe I've done that. Man of the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Mix, sorry, the nerves are getting to me. Uh, McStay, two goals. Kaiser Pickett, one goal, three. And Majacek, one goal, one for him. Uh, but just stand out for me in, in the losing side, I think, Max Gorn, who's probably had been quiet for a long time this year and hasn't been playing at his best. He just stood out all night during that game. And then a shout-out to Christian Petrarca. That massive last quarter, unbelievable, even with going down. like He just took that on uh, like a champ, um, took that game on. Uh, unfortunately, was wasn't enough from them. Uh, but we will briefly talk about the incident that happened in the first quarter. So the fiery first minutes... Um, Braden Maynard comes in for a smother and then takes out uh, Andrew Brayshaw. What are we feeling, Luke, uh, Liam? Uh, I felt like he probably just jumped to smother the ball. Uh, it's a contact sport at the end of the day. Accidents are going to happen. Obviously, hopefully Brayshaw is okay, but I think Van Royen is in trouble more so than Maynard. In my personal opinion, I think Maynard should be given like two to three weeks because oh. that's just disgraceful. Like, honestly... <laughs> Like I, I did VCP, so I'm not coming from like nowhere with this call. Like this guy, he he jumped about three meters and collided into Angus Brayshaw. You saw from all angles. Craig McRae was defending um his player for obvious reasons, but like you could see, you can stop yourself. Like I'll do a demo here. You can stop yourself from putting your arms out and colliding like with your forearm to his head. Like you can put your arms down in that moment. So then the biggest um issue would just be like kind of like chest onto head, which wouldn't hurt as much. I and mean, then Brayshaw would have made a bigger impact. I think Brayshaw's so, loss cost Melbourne the win, essentially, because you're lacking that run of half-back. You're also, you know, he can potentially play that extra midfield role that they're like poised. Like Oliver yeah. had 31, but he it, wasn't very impactful. It, I know these incidents happen, but to, to happen where it was in the first five minutes as well is pretty interesting um, to disgrace. just get them out of the game. <laughs> but I, I'd say... <laughs> 
the way they judge these sort of things, and it will be interesting to see over the next couple of days what is the result of this, because the word is it's going to be um, straight from the match review. It's just going to be sent straight to the tribunal. And the way they usually grade these things, if it's high impact uh, and then it's in a careless act, then you will get uh, at least two weeks from that. And to me, it did look careless because... Mm. Uh, yes, he went in for the smother, but he, he just took the player out with it. Mm, um, so it's going to be a difficult decision for the team that do that, but uh, definitely is a big loss for both Melbourne um, in Brayshaw. who's had a lot of uh, issues in his career with concussion. Mm. Um, and then on, on the, if Collingwood use, lose Brainard, um, Maynard, sorry. <laughs> uh, it'll be uh, interesting. So we'll, we'll see what comes of that. Um, any other thoughts on the game? Well, just quickly, Melbourne had plus 32 inside 50, 69 of 37. Like that chaos ball should have been used a lot more earlier on to win the game. And 12 centre clearances to seven, which shows they won majority of contested balls. Yep. So a lot Colin of dodge a bullet. There was, well, there was chaos with the chaos ball, but they needed to be some cleaner uh, entries so, into those yeah. 50s uh, because, yes, some of them, and, and going short pretty late, some of the decision-making like, probably didn't help him either. Hoskin Elliott across half-back was really good, and I think dropping Noble, it was a hard call, but I think at the end of the day, it was a really good decision. Okay. Yeah, well, it was it was a brave call to drop someone who's uh, not uh, not missed a game all year, and uh, well, they may well need him when if if <laughs> someone's going to come in if he is out. I also liked that point of uh, the clean possession of Collingwood. That was what really brought them uh, to the to the bring him into a prelim as a result of uh, coaches really like the little things and those little wins that you get in, in a game and they were executing them to perfection and they were clean with it too there was always the right player in the right position at the right time and they could get that chain going and there was always that one loose man in the forward line that could be free they could either be a red herring for the defenders or you could uh, chop it uh, sideways as we saw with Bobby Hill for instance in the third quarter yeah, too there's a lot of coaches that it, it is annoying when you go forward and there's no one there so it was for Always Collingwood's for wise. Collingwood. Jamie Elliott most of the time was there and it was a one-on-one, which is what you want. Or he'd be a red herring for Bobby Hill. Yep. For an Essendon uh, supporter, you do love Collingwood. It's <laughs> <laughs> strange. It is strange. Uh, I'm not biased so on this show. Collingwood, I'm like other Essendon supporters that have this studio. <laughs> Collingwood's <laughs> well, so one by seven points. So they are got a prelim spot uh, secured and they will play the winner of... Uh, St Kilda and GWS side of the cha- uh, sorry the Brisbane Port Adelaide St Kilda GWS side of the final series but 2 hours and 3 minutes to the bounce at the MCG I can't believe these the words are coming ready, out of my mouth it's Carlton and the Sydney Swans in elimination final uh, we'll go through the teams in for Carlton Mark Pittenet Patrick Cripps and Sam Doherty out Corey Durden uh, Oliver Hollands, uh, Paddy Dow, and Zach Fisher. Um, yet to see who the emergency is. Uh, I think the word is possibly Zach Fisher, but not sure. Uh, Sydney Swans have named Just- Justin McInerney, Lewis Malikin, Tom Papley, out Aaron Francis, Dylan Stevens, Robbie Fox, and Ryan Clark. Uh, just interesting on the ins. The selection interests me a bit because of the way the weather's going to play out. We are a bit tall. Uh, blues wise, um, and I really thought maybe. Um, um, oh, no, Does that mean you're not trusting the engine room right now? Looking at that selection. I, I don't know what you mean by that. Uh, your midfield. Oh uh, well. No, no, I, I don't think that. I, I just, 
I just think maybe more to get some more defenders in that that's what they've done and the height height difference between us and the Sydney Swans. Uh, but uh, I think a bit stiff for not coming back in the team. Um, oh, his name's gone out. <laughs> How can I forget him? <laughs> oh, is. no. Yeah. Uh, Motlop. Sorry, oh. Jesse Motlop uh, hasn't been able to come back into the team. He was one of the ones. So I did do, I did do a team myself who I'd select to come back in, but it hasn't been correct. <laughs> Uh, but, oh, all right, you start. How, how are you feeling about this one, Liam? It, well, obviously, it should be a great game. Blues have just have 17 games of final experience to Sydney's 148. So I think that might play a big role. Paddy Cripps, fantastic player, hasn't played in a final. So that could be really important, uh, even if it's a... Uh, close game as well. So Swans are the number one pressure team in the competition, which is a really good thing for finals. You really want that pressure to be up. But if I think if they can equalise in the midfield with Robot and Parker, they're made for finals, those types of players. I think they can beat the Blues. Oh, dear. Jerry? I still reckon the Blues should win tonight, um, even though I've said some crazy stuff previously. But... Um, <laughs> Anyway, so the key to this game is both the Sydney Swans forward pressure and the Blues um, two um, goal scorers. So Kerno, McCartan matchup, Mackay and Rampy possibly. So whoever wins that matchup wins the game. And for Sydney, Papley on Saad possibly and Heaney on Newman. So whoever wins that either forward pressure slash goals role or, you know, that run off rebound off defence role, then that's going to be the key. It's not about the midfield, I think. Finals is all about who can kick the crucial goals. The rain has kind of held away for now. It was pouring before um, and hope that uh, this is the lot of it for the game because it's going to be a wet game. The drainage is pretty good at the MCG and you saw how quickly it dried out at the G last night and people got a better grip on it in the second half. Um, Wow, I think we just got to play play our way all year. Um, To be honest... (laughs) Uh, it's hard to look into. And the last time they played up in Sydney, both teams at that point weren't playing good footy at all. It was just who made less mistakes in that game. And a frustrating one for me to actually travel up to. Um, <laughs> it needs to be reminded, too, that Sydney at one point were 15th. Yeah. And it took um, scoring 200 against West Coast to get the ball rolling. So, Jerry, could you put the chicken in your hand and adjudicate this point I'm going to make? I stare directly into Sam Manhattan's eyes. Whoa. And I say without hesitation, Carlton should win that I expect them to win, and if they don't, the calibre... This We've got a classy top eight this final series. If Carlton lose this, the, the calibre of the sides that make up this final series instantly diminish. Wow. That's a, a nice compliment. What? <laughs> <laughs> I expect, it's just too complex to comprehend, mate. I expect, yeah, I expect Carlton true, to win this one. Yes. Wait, what are you and saying? You, I'm saying that... The I'd, other teams aren't as good, are you saying? No, I'm saying Sydney diminish the quality of sides <laughs> if they make it through. They shouldn't be making it through, in my yeah, opinion. But Carlton were 14th at one stage as well. Yeah, Sydney we, and Carlton Beginning of the year, we expected them to make the eight. And they were top. They were top four as as a smoky, and they were. Con- and it took them for almost the entire season to reach that point. So they've reached where we expect mm. them to. If you don't make it, you've wasted two years of a top four quality well, list. Okay. okay. All right. The editorial well, there. From <laughs> let's move on to the very nervous <laughs> Liam. Before, who's before not we, 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 did, oh, we did all do tips to me. 
Yeah. Oh, You're tipping Carlton. <laughs> yes, no. No, I'm just <laughs> very, clear. very excited. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Uh, I doubt Carlton have ever in recent years uh, filled 90,000 against an interstate side at the MCG. So it's going to be absolutely spectacular. It's going to be great. It's Better. been a long time waiting. Better win comfortably, Blues fans. <laughs> right. Saturday afternoon, 3.20 p.m. MCG, St Kilda. Uh, take on the GWS Giants. In for them, Max King, Seberos, out Jack Hayes, Liam Stocker and Ryan Burns. GWS have Finn Callahan, Sam Taylor, out Nick Haynes, Ryan Angwin and Toby McMullen. Uh, another person who's played all year, well, most of the year, Liam Stocker for the Saints. Liam. Yeah, I think it was the right decision. Stocker's had a great year, but I think Seberos had extra experience. Duga Howard, very unlucky to get. Uh, not a game, but... Saying Cordy has been really good this past month, so I think it's the right decision. But yeah, I think the Giants need to remove the uncontested marks of St Kilda, Hill, uh, Malera, and Sinclair. Really want to use the ball and, and get it through handballs. So if they can stop the marks, the Saints are the number one marking team in the competition. I think they'll come a long way. But for me, it's all about the midfield. Um, whoever can win the midfield, I think, will win. But I think the Giants have that edge in the midfield. But I've got to go for the Saints, don't I? Yeah. At home, 70,000 Saints fans against 200 Giants fans. So I think that might <laughs> it, it should be a, a, a crowd record for St Kilda. It should be. That's good, um, yeah. They don't play, only played twice at the MCG this year. I uh, actually went to one of them and with, with Michael. Um, against the Bombers in their 150th celebration game. Yes. And the other, the other one was a loss against Richmond in the wet. <laughs> so interesting, but the big, big sound from the orange side of town, uh, they've come up out of nowhere as, as another side that's just crashed into the finals of late. And um, they are looking pretty sharp the way they've come in in the last couple of weeks. So in form at the moment. I know there's the week break, but uh, you're going to have to hit them hard. Um, and I don't know if, if if the plan is to just re- rely on defensively. It's I worry for the Saners. Well, their small forwards are really good. You got mm. Bedford, who was um, good to see him. Yeah, got off. Yeah. Yes, and then you got Brent Daniels, Toby Green. So they're going to be really hard to stop. Mm. Just to add on that, Max King is a huge inclusion for Zinkilda. I think. Going back to that forward line, you've got Jesse Hogan on one side and the small forwards from Giants. But if Max King can step up, um, call it a maxi taxi. Um, it's, it's, either, it's either you know he kicks a bag or um, the speedometer or whatever goes up to a lot of money. So where you you don't want to be paying that much um, anyway. So yes, elimination final straight out. Who are we going with? I'm going to take a risk and say Giants. Sorry, oh. Liam. Sorry, Liam. Giants for me as well, mate. I'm going to be the third strike in that. Really? I I think the Giants are showing something. I just, I I don't know. I don't know. Is it the attacking pressure or do you think the defence won't hold up for the Saints? I I think the way footy's been played this year in its attacking game, uh, I think he's, um, Ross Lyon's one of the only ones. And yes, they're in the eight. It's got them there. But in a final series, especially knockout games, the score goals will win. I know that just sounds really plain and simple, but... Mm. Well, you got to go back to that sometimes as well. Mm. Back to basics. So Liam Saints, rest of us Giants. Is that how it? Is that how the so, tipping yeah. is gone? Yeah. The prediction. Saints. Yeah. Wow. 
Okay. Final, gamma, though. final game qualifying. The second qualifying final, Brisbane Lions and Port Adelaide at the Gabba. Saturday night, 7.25pm. Brisbane Lions have named Lincoln McCarthy coming in. Out Jared Lyons. Kai Lohman comes out as well. Uh, Port Adelaide have named Scott Lysett, Todd Marshall, Trent McKenzie. Out Francis Evans, Sam Hayes, Tom Jonas and Travis Boak. Hmm. Big one at the Gabatoir this one. I think this is going to be a really tense one as well. Looking at the weather-wise up there, it's going to play like a wet game with the humidity up there, the dewy kind of ground as well. So this is one that I'm struggling to pick with. It's probably the most exciting final out of this week, actually, Brisbane-Port yep. Adelaide. Mm. Uh, do you think Port Adelaide would be the best uh, side to have a chance against Brisbane at the Gabba? Oh, it's, it's tough. Like They both play really... You know, quick footy. They can attack the corridor very quickly. You've seen from Brisbane, um, they've averaged um, 55 points just from turnovers, um, the best in the AFL. And I think the Fortress up there, they've played home finals there before. It's going to be hard to stop, especially because Port still have a young team and Brisbane have had a few more years in the finals consistently. So I think Brisbane should win by five goals. Is Boak out of the side due to injury or is that just a, a coach's call as an omission? Sorry, what did you say? Is Travis Boak's omission from the side due to injury, or is that I'm a... not sure. It just says... Omitted. Omitted. That's a interesting, because that's finals experience you're taking away from that side there. That's, that's a huge call. Very big call. So the winner of the Giants and Saints uh, will go into into a, the second semi-final next week of the loser of Brisbane and Port Adelaide. The winner of Carlton-Sydney tonight will play uh, Melbourne in the first semi-final. Um, and then obviously the winner of the second qualifying final will get a prelim spot as well on the other side to Collingwood. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, I still, this still is pretty open. There's so many things that's going to happen over the next couple of weeks that we can't wait to witness. Uh, what are we tipping? I'm tipping Brisbane. Yeah, I think the Powers' defence is a real problem. They haven't got a single defender over 194 centimetres. So Apart I, from Alir Alir? Or is he no, he's 194. That? So, okay. um, yeah, Brisbane for me. Yeah, I, I think uh, out of the whole prelims-wise, uh, yes, it was a bit neutral-esque last night at the MCG. Brisbane have got a big chance here at the Gabba, uh, so I expect them to win. They've had a good couple of weeks, and... Uh, Again, this is what Fagan's been saying. This is what their sixth or seventh attempt up in finals in recent times. They have probably probably got the majority experience out of all the teams, uh, possibly. Yeah, I believe they have played finals, at least two finals across the last four years, I would say. So, they've gone out in straight sets a couple of times. Yeah. I'd say slam dunk Brisbane if it wasn't against Port Adelaide. I think this is going to be a very tightly knit contest. I'll go Brisbane tentatively, uh, but it is the most exciting final for me yeah. this week. I'm going to take Brisbane as well. Yeah. Well, that's the AFL finals. Well, I can't believe it. We're here. September is the best time of year, and uh, it's a great time to be listening to the sports desk. One hour and 51 minutes to the bounce. Final things before we close out. Um, yeah, well, we spoke about it during the break, Sam. So, Good Friday earlier this year, North Melbourne, obviously a horrendous team at the moment in AFL. My own team, I'm saying that. <laughs> and Carlton, obviously playing finals now. Oh, we made no. a bet. I lost a bet, so whoever won for Michael in the studio, um, we shook hands. I wore the Carlton jersey like a good bloke I am. And then now we're going to do another bet. 
Women's AFL this Sunday. Another good Friday Super Clash. A good Sunday. Let's do it. So, Norfolk powerhouse in the AFLW. Carlton, not yeah. so much. So, let's shake Oh, we got it. a win last week. Are you, are you pitching for a rematch? Yeah, rematch. The so rematch. Again. Again. So, tune in to Monday uh, as we break down the finals uh, that have occurred this weekend. And uh, it's a massive time to be a part of the Sports Desk. Uh, keep up to date with us on social media, Sports Desk in. Catch the podcast, Instagram. Uh, Twitter and Facebook. Keep the Instagram open. There's going to be video coming that way of the handshake and a few more fun things from in the studio today. <laughs> Not the Oasis stuff. Please. All right. Okay. That's, we're done. See you Monday. Go Blues.